for tuning in to Mystic Witch. I'm your host, Blue, a tarot reader, teacher, and witch, and you can find out more about me at bluejunetarot.com. Mystic Witch is a podcast about magic, divination, and all things supernatural. We're here with Lisa Stardust, who is a New York City-based astrologer who has been part of the astrology community for over 10 years with a vibrant social media presence. She's also an avid writer, having recently written for publications such as Girlboss, The Hood Witch, Bust, and Teen Vogue, just to name a few. She is best known for her witty pop culture horoscopes found on Instagram at Lisa Stardust Astro. Hi, Lisa. <laughs> Hi, Blue. How are you? <laughs> I'm great. I'm so happy to have you on the show. We talk like every day, almost. <laughs> I know. You know, I always say to everyone on Facebook and who I talk to during astrology and tarot readings that it's great to be social with like your colleagues daily. Yeah, yeah the having peers that are like-minded is crucial. So... The question I always start with, which tarot card do you, do you think represents you and why? Um, I'm probably going to say the lovers. Ooh. Would you agree? <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't really know. I just, I mean, I mean, I find myself to be the empress, but I'm just kidding. Yes. But I was. I would probably say, you know, I really do like the lovers just because it's all about choice and, you know, and about making decisions and gaining information. Mm-hmm. And it's also the card of forbidden fruit, which, you know, we all <laughs> kind of like that lusty energy. I actually like you as the empress, too, because of your self-care rituals that are so extensive. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I feel like she would really approve and she would be like taking notes from you like, oh, and then you soak your hands and then what happens? <laughs> I know. Well, my hands hurt from typing a lot. So I have to, you, know. <laughs> you do type a lot. You write constantly. You're like nonstop writing articles. And can you tell us a little bit like what the, what that's like? You're just like always writing. Yeah. I mean, I have to say, you know, I'm a Gemini, so, and I also have a Virgo stellium, so writing always came naturally to me. I have a degree in literature, and, you know, I always really had a fascination of being able to tell a story non-verbally, mostly because I'm not the best storyteller in the world. I tend to gloss over the details, but through, like, my verbal communication, but, I've always had, you know, a desire to and a motivation to express myself through writing and through art. Although I'm not the best artist, you know, per se, being able to tell a story is how I create and express myself artistically. I had no idea. It's so funny because I've told you so many times that, like, I just don't know how you do it. How do you come up with all the inspiration all the time, something new to write about, new perspectives on things? You know, astrology is, I'm lucky because in astrology, you know, transits are always happening. The world is always turning. So the moon is always changing signs. The moon is always changing emotions. Planets are always moving forward and switching and moving backwards. So there's always 
you know, motivation and incentive and inspiration, but finding a way to interpret, interpret the aspects in a way that's basically individualized for, for what I'm saying, which is different than what everyone else is saying is very hard too. You know, it requires effort, like looking up the charts of these luminaries and also these retrogrades and these planetary ingresses just to kind of see what the themes are going to be. Literally the best possible answer. (laughs) So good. Blue, the moon is always shifting. So of course it's always new inspiration. (laughs) Well, I mean, it's, it's hard sometimes just because, you know, you always want to, you know, have like a different perspective and, you know, sometimes it's hard because sometimes mm-hmm. transits mean the exact same thing. You know, you can't <laughs> describe them differently than anyone else. But as long as you have, you know, your authentic and genuine perspective, then it's yours, your yeah. interpretation. Yeah. And it's, I, I'm sure it's still challenging, but I love, I love that, you know, you tap a little bit into the moon energy. So Tell us how you became an astrologer. You know, I started really gaining an interest in astrology when I was a teenager. My dad um, had my birth chart done when I was born, and he forgot classic, classic dad, classic second-born child. (laughs) They forgot what time I was born, so it never was accurate. But I always was really interested in, you know, astrology, mostly because I'm a Gemini. So my whole life, people were always saying that I am the classically unclassic Gemini, and I never understood what that meant. So I always, you know, was interested in what, what makes a Gemini a Gemini. Like, why am I not like a Gemini? So, you know, when I was going through my Saturn return, I had serendipitously met Annabelle Gatt, who is my mentor and teacher, we basically began our, you know, our professional and mentoring and educational affair probably over 10 years ago. I think it must have been like 11 years ago or 12 years ago at this point. It was a very long time ago, and I was always questioning what the transits meant, and she basically helped me gain a deeper understanding of that through our sessions. Nice. So you've been an astrologer for 10 years, um, but do you consider yourself also a witch? Do you practice magic? Yeah, but, you know, I always say that the magic, everyone practices magic in their daily routines and rituals, and magic is a personal relationship that you have with nature and yourself oh yeah absolutely for anyone who wants to become somebody who writes horoscopes or anyone who wants to even just be a writer or just be an astrologer do you have any like tips or do you have any advice for those people um well I started writing horoscopes on Instagram and I learned how to write the format to write through Annabelle, through a class. And what I always say to people is 
just write and produce whatever content you want to write and produce. And, you know, someone out there will be reading them and someone will be listening. And if you can reach one person and help one person evolve and change and add positivity to their day, then you, you know, by the, by the cause and effect of the butterfly effect, you've reached like thousands and millions of people. Mm. <laughs> You're totally making me love you even more than I already did. <laughs> you know, everything is every every action we make affects like not just the person or ourselves who we're involved with. It affects like the people they deal with and the people those people deal with. You know, it's like it's all like a big domino effect. So uh, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about Gemini season and focus on Mercury. actually went through my Facebook messages between my friend and I that this happened with. Uh, so I can set the scene exactly to the date. It was June 19th, 2015. So the night before, I had taken a train from Brooklyn into Manhattan to see my friend Hannah. And I ended up just crashing on her couch because I, it was a hassle and a half to get back to Brooklyn. Um, so in the morning, I had to go home. She had to go to work. So we decided to take the train together. And we got on the 4. She was living on Thompson. Uh, so we got on the 4 around where her apartment was. It worked for both of us. And uh, when we got on, there weren't a lot of people. There were, like, maybe one or two people toward one end of the train. Then there was a guy sitting at the other end of the train. So we got on, and we stood across from the guy. Well, Hannah sat, and I was standing. I was holding the pole. And when I say the side of the train, I mean Hannah's sitting, looking straight forward. She sees this guy. He's looking at her, but not really looking at her because he had sunglasses on and, like, a weird, like, knitted beanie hat. Um, and I'm holding onto the pole, so I'm looking kind of at Hannah and kind of at, you know, the in-between doors that you're not supposed to use, the emergency doors, right? So we ride. There's a stop. The people at the other end of the train get off. The guy doesn't get off that's sitting across from us. And I remember he was eating this uh, popcorn. And it was out of those one of those red and white, like, cardboard circus-looking things that says popcorn on it. I remember this. It was important. I remember that. So I was talking to Hannah. I'm very animated when I speak. And... I turned to her on the pole to do the forever bit from the sand lot. So I was like, forever. That's it. That's the amount of time that I took to do that right. And when I turned around, the guy wasn't there anymore. The train hadn't stopped. And he wasn't at the other end of the train. 
I was looking at the door. He wouldn't have made it through the door. There wasn't enough time for him to make it through the other end of the door. We would have heard it. This man just disappeared. But the popcorn container was on the ground. And so I looked at Hannah, and Hannah looked at me, and I looked at Hannah. And finally, <laughs> I was like, did, did, did that guy just disappear? And she was so relieved, right, because she thought she was going crazy, and I also thought I was going crazy, but we both t totally, totally just not saw but experienced this man vanish into thin air. There was no explanation for it. We're, we we rode the train pretty frequently. We know how the train works. Uh, there was no way he could have gotten off without us noticing. There wasn't a stop. Um, it was it was pretty crazy. And um, for a really long time, I didn't know, I didn't know what had happened. Right, and it stuck with me. Like in the back of my mind, I would think about it pretty frequently, but I didn't really talk about it because that's a weird thing to try to explain. And then uh, one day, Hannah gave me this Reddit, like, group link, link to a Reddit group. Um, so I posted it in there, and I was asking people for their opinions. And, I mean, the whole Reddit group was called, like, Glitch in the Matrix. So it was, it was a lot of people talking about, um, like, I don't know, atoms and things like that. Uh, but then I was talking to you, Blue, and um, you helped me realize that that was a ghost. And it makes a lot of sense now. Um, I think at the time I didn't recognize it as such because, you know, when you think of ghosts, you don't think of something so physical and so based in, like, reality, I guess. You think of, you know, see-through, transparent things and weird feelings and moaning and bed sheets and you know what I mean? So I didn't really put two and two together. Um, but now it's cool to know that because I have a cool ghost story to tell people. We're here with Lisa Stardust, and she's going to tell us a little bit about what we can expect next week, well, starting tomorrow, actually, uh, Gemini season. You know, Gemini season, it's all about the dualistic nature that we all encompass within ourselves, and also the main focus here is about communication, because Gemini is ruled by Mercury who rules Virgo and Gemini. So when we enter Gemini season, the same day Mercury changes into the sign of Gemini as well. So we kind of get like a double blast of Gemini chameleon-esque mm -hmm. um, communication and excitement, which is really great because what happens is, you know, we're going to be able to see a lot of situations that we haven't seen for a while very clearly because when the sun and Mercury link up together in the sky, it gives us like a lot of clarity and a lot of ability to see things that we haven't seen before. Now, you know, this Gemini season, there are a lot of really crazy transits that are happening. So the day before the full moon in Sagittarius, we have a Jupiter-Neptune square. And with the sun in Gemini, that is going to be a T-square because Jupiter is in Sagittarius. Neptune is in 
Pisces and the sun is in Gemini. So we're really going to look to the house that's ruled by Virgo in our charts to see where we're going to feel it the most because that's the missing piece of the Grand Cross. And a T-square is when three planets are activated, but we look to the fourth missing piece to see where we're really going to feel it the most. So, you know, with this Jupiter-Neptune square the day before the full moon in Sagittarius, it's really going to be a call to embracing our deeper philosophical sentiments or letting go of our feelings that we had regarding, you know, the religious views or spiritual views that we had before. It's really hard to tell exactly what's going to happen without knowing someone's chart per se and what's going on in their life. But we can sort of, you know, navigate through the general understanding that we're probably going to be met with confusion as to where, you know, our minds are going to evolve going forward. So what's going to happen is we're going to have a lot of confusing fanatical behavior and people are really going to be confused about what to put their belief in or what's the truth, you know? Mm. Also what happens is people, the other side is that people really dip their toes in the Kool-Aid and water and they commit to like spiritual endeavors full on, you know, it's Neptune's about faith. And so is Jupiter's about philosophy and the sun is about the part of ourselves that our ego feeds. So those three combined can either have, you know, exaggerated, emotions or feelings around spirituality and faith or exaggerating can mean that the bad and negative connotations that we have can be exasperated as well. And that's just because of Jupiter. Um, Neptune can add confusion and fogginess. So there might be a lot of confusion and uncertainty about, you know, where we're headed in life, or we may fall on the other side of the wave, which is we might be immersed with the rapture. So people are looking at like existential crisis or just like full on immersion. (laughs) Well, I don't think it's like that extreme. I mean, it can be, but you know, what I always say is that these are very, you know, very exact, like even these interpretations we don't know what's going on in someone's life. So for us to say, oh, like this Jupiter, Neptune, Sun square, T square, it's going to make everyone insane. It could not be like, you know, maybe you won't have existential breakdowns. You know, maybe you'll want to commit to things and maybe you'll, you know, become more artistic or more, you know, cynical. But we don't really know what's going to happen because that's just more based on your chart, your person, like with your birth time and your location and also what's going on in your life. So, you know, sometimes people have bad aspects or there are bad aspects that happen universally and some people don't really feel them because, you know, they're living their highest life. You know, <laughs> living my best life. <laughs> exactly. So, is there are there any other aspects in during Gemini season or any retrogrades or anything else astrologically that we should be looking out for, or maybe even looking forward to? 
Um, there are no retrogrades Yay. happening, thank God. <laughs> um, but, you know, we do have a new moon in Gemini happening on June 3rd. And we also have a full moon in Gemini happening on June 17th. Ooh. Sorry, a full moon in Sagittarius. So what happens during a new moon is, I'm sure everyone knows, the light is obscured from the moon. So it's a time when we really can't see things clearly because without the moon's light, we can't see at night. So when there's a new moon in Gemini, it's really a call to sort of like use your logic and your intellectual reasoning to navigate through your emotions. And then when there's a full moon in Sagittarius on June 17th, you know, that's really more or less a call to look at, you know, the deeper philosophical meaning behind a lot of our logical responses. So we also have Venus entering Gemini on June 8th. And we also have Mercury entering Cancer on June 4th. And when Mercury enters Cancer on June 4th, you know, the moon, Mercury, the way we communicate changes by the lunar phases and the lunar signs. So the way we feel and how we interpret information, it's going to change every two and a half days with the signs of the moon. And when Venus enters Gemini on June 4th, it's really going to be more about like having fun, embracing the warmer weather, you know, stepping out of our comfort zone, being more social, going on more internet dates, and really just having a good time and embracing the warmer spring vibes. Nice. That sounds like a nice, refreshing turn. Usually I look for, you know, the luminaries, like the full moons and the new moons, because a lot of the times during the full moon, we can get some, you know, some fresh energy. Yeah. Because we're letting go and bringing in, so... Lisa, tell us what um, what kind of consultations you offer and how someone would go about booking that. Um, I offer astrology readings, um, email readings, and I offer general consultations around how you can use the cosmic energy to move forward in life. I also do horary questions. They are really hard and fast astrology that's based on the moment that I understand the question. So that's more of like a rarity that I do as well. And where can people check out your work? Um, LisaStardust.com or on my Instagram page, LisaStardustAstro. Just check out my horoscopes at Teen Vogue, The Hood Witch, and Lifestyle. I have all the links on my Instagram page and my Linktree account. And pop by for some daily horoscopes. Awesome. Thank you so much, Lisa, for taking time out for us today. Cool. Bye. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. 